Don't Wreck Yourself features words and situations that are not appropriate for young listeners. This show is only for adults and unsupervised juvenile delinquents of exquisite taste and refinement. Each week, our hosts look into claims they find online, answer your questions, and say bad words. Now your way is the only way, and my way is the only way to build a space between a hard place and a rock is all we do. But we'll entertain the conversation that leads us to the truth. What do we know? What trips to telephones that are no different to you. Welcome to Don't Wreck Yourself. My name's Ryan Placetti, and I'm here to disentangle you from the Gordian knot of the Internet's bullshit. And I'm at Saint Sing, and just yesterday I fought the urge to just go ballistic on someone who was wrong on the Internet, and I didn't. And that's called growth. You, sa- you saved it up for the show. I Oh, if you want me to talk about it, we can. It's dry. It has nothing to do with what else we're going to talk about today, but it's something I'm passionate about. So. <laughs> I'm dry and passionate sounds. S- sounds like my teenage sounds years. Like, <laughs> sounds like a. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, I was a dry guy. I was a dry guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's a real dry boy, you know? All right, uh, Matt, tell me what you had, what, 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 what was burning a hole in the Internet that you were trying to put out? I was on TikTok and there was a guy who was like in a public forum and he essentially said that Christianity made it to Africa before Europeans and therefore Christianity was not a colonial force in, in Africa. And I, spoiler alert, I wrote my thesis on uh religion in africa and how um the kenyan and tanzanian state uh handle not not handle how they interact with uh with with muslims which are religious minorities so i read a fuck ton about the about religion in africa and while he is technically true it is it is very misleading what he was saying yeah absolutely i studied classics and ancient mediterranean uh archaeology so right there um, yeah yeah my focus was on late antique christianity and the divisions between uh christianity and, and judaism yeah so yes while it is absolutely true there were christians in north africa very prominently as part of the as part of the Medi- uh, mediterranean rim um that has very little bearing on sub-saharan africa and the One rest of the continent Absolutely. And just just to gloss over, you know, uh, 2000 years of history real quick, Christianity makes its way to North Africa around 60 AD. You know, it really settles in what we would call you know, the Middle East and North Africa, modern day Egypt, Libya, uh, Tunisia. Right. These are areas where it really happens. Right. It takes 300 years for Christianity to get to Ethiopia. It just never really makes it farther into like, quote, sub-Saharan Africa. That there are some very big differences between the cultural and genetic profiles of the people of Central Africa and North Africa. And they represent and they're divided by, in many cases, the Sahara Desert. So yeah. you have like like Bantu ethnic groups in like Central and Western Africa. And then up north, you have more uh, people of Mediterranean and Arab descent. Absolutely. So it's it's two different populations. It's two different population groups. They're not necessarily interacting all the time. So Christianity doesn't really take root. You know, it's competing against Islam. And to be quite frank, 
Islam kind of wins, uh, as you can see. There's there's some Coptic Christians in in Egypt to this day. Um, in Ethiopia, there is um, a, a big Christian population. Funny, he brings up colonialism uh, because yeah. you know, Ethiopia is one of two African countries that was never formally colonized, right? But the Portuguese, the Portuguese explorers were the first ones to bring Christianity to Sub-Saharan Africa in the, the 15th century, um, and, and Catholicism specifically. Now, Portugal had, had colonies in West Africa. Yeah. They had modern-day Angola. They have Mozambique. So they went all around projecting Christianity. And Christianity became a force multiplier, and if, if, to use a military parlance, on the ground to try to yeah. exert colonial influence so they could extract resources. Uh, and we can talk a little bit about the scramble for Africa. Yeah. So what, what you're saying is that Christianity was a force for colonialism. 100%. Irrefutable. No, no. Irrefutable. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, but if this topic is dragging on a little bit too long, it might it. <laughs> be something. Well, I was, I was going to transition to the next topic, which comes from r slash ask Reddit is posted by user. Thank God I'm Friday, who I nice. assume is Robinson Caruso's best friend. Uh, <laughs> and the question is, you're in hell. What's playing on the one and only radio station? And it's probably me and Matt talking about late antique Christian influence on Africa. <laughs> First of all, you're welcome, Elvis and Hitler and everyone else in hell. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> Michael Jackson, actually, Michael Jackson, that, that could be playing any Michael Thriller. Thriller is playing on repeat in hell. It's a good song. It's a good song. But after like a thousand years, I think I'd be over it. All right. What about We Are the Worlds by USA for Africa to t- tie into our earlier conversation? Oh, my God. That is the that that is one of that is easily one of the worst songs. Absolutely. Ever. Absolutely. Um, I'd say just like hardcore European disco from the era. Ooh, yeah. Some ABBA. I feel like ABBA's polarizing. ABBA can be polarizing. Honestly. If you're an American, probably a lot of the Eurovision stuff like that stuff. The, the, everyone's just like, yeah, clap, 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 clap. It is good. And then the, the music comes to America. And you're like, are you sure? <laughs> I love how your accent. Das ist gut. <laughs> First of all, I don't believe in hell. So this is yeah. this is this is a pure hypothetical for me. Uh, but what's playing on the one and only radio station? I don't know. Probably Joe Rogan. Jo- uh, Rush Limbaugh talk radio is on loop. Yeah, and I, I know if he's I, I've doing it live, the, uh, he's doing it live. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I hate? <laughs> Everything. That's why you're here. Yeah. yeah, yeah, everyone. Yeah, the federal government and Joe Biden's administration locks up Donald Trump. That's a great impression. Is it? It's just because I have a microphone and headphones on. Yeah, you're a white guy and you're angry, so you just seem like it. I've been putting on a little weight. I got I got bottles of pills by me. Start chain smoking. Uh, well, no, he was a cigar man. He was a cigar man. He died and from I don't lung know that cancer, you'd be though. getting trouble for chain smoking cigars. He died from lung cancer, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean. And for being dead inside, it finally got to him. Yeah, right wing talk radio would be up there because it would just be me screaming. Because I used to listen when I lived in the Georgia mountains. Um, I, I'd always been an NPR person, and I moved down there, and there was no NPR in the mountains. There was just right wing talk radio, and I just liked listening. You know, perhaps it was a, a foreshadowing of my uh, love affair with podcasts later on. But yeah, I just like to hear fucking people talk and run their goddamn mouths. 
And when you listen to NPR, you, you're usually listening to people run their mouths about things that they're knowledgeable of or put some thought into the things that they're saying. Listen to Sean Hannity and Glenn Beck and, and a little bit of Rush Limbaugh. And I, like, I'd listen to it for about 10 minutes before I'd scream and smash the power button. Um, I think for when it comes to, you know, I'm trying to think of another song, like a straight up song that I think that would just be fucking terrible on repeat. And I think it's going to be a song that I really love. But if I had to listen to it for eternity, I would pluck my eyeballs out. The Ghostbusters theme song would drive me fucking nuts. (laughs) Quick question here, though. Uh, Ghostbusters theme song from the movie. Ghostbusters theme song from the cartoon because they are different. The movie. The movie. I think. They have to be different. different. They have. I don't know. Why would they use a different theme song? They used they used uh, different actors. They did, but and I think we've covered this before. But we have, we have. Um, I've always thought it fascinating that Bill Murray and Lorenzo Music are so similar. Yeah, that they were able to switch roles with Bill Murray playing Peter Venkman and Garfield on the big screen, and Lorenzo Music playing Peter Venkman and Garfield on the small screen. Oh yeah, that reminds me. Your birthday was recently, and I I looked up. I tried to get my hands on a vintage Garfield phone to give to you, but they were just too expensive. And I was gonna, if I was going <laughs> to spend if I was going to spend that much money, I was going to give you a bottle of whiskey. So you know, <laughs> so you got me a bottle of whiskey. Good, yeah, good call. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's like right, 60 bucks. So, um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. no, no one's asking how much it was. Or the phone or the whiskey. The phone would have been 60 bucks. Now I know how much you didn't spend on the whiskey. Uh, I spent $55.99. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, hey, just so everybody knows, Matt, Matt's, uh, I'm giving Matt shit about only spending yeah, $55.99 on a bottle of whiskey. He, he drove from Washington, D.C. up to the Poconos and stayed at, a, at an expensive casino resort that I, for two nights. And I only stayed for one night. Yeah. Oh, I, I found that out when I checked in. And, yeah. and that was, <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a sizable investment in the celebration of my life. And I it appreciate that. Worth Matt. every penny. And I had a lot of fun. And I'm just glad that while you were there, you didn't try to steal my in-laws, which is the topic of our next question from r slash am I the asshole posted by user pleasant ad 807. They write, am I the asshole for, quote, stealing, end quote, my sister's in-laws? Um, I don't think that you've had a chance to look this over yet. Nope. So I'm going to give you the rough nuts and bolts of it. This guy who's a 25 year old man. And his sister have always had what he describes as a decently quote, uh, a decently close relationship until a few years ago uh, when it came out that she thought of him as a golden child. So for those who are unfamiliar with the concept of a golden child, at least in like the Reddit sociological parlance, a golden child is the one child which is lavished praise upon by the parents, presumably at the expense of another child. Is that an Eddie Murphy um, movie, too? It is also an Eddie Murphy movie. This, yeah, it turns out that she thought that he was the star of the classic Eddie Murphy film, The Golden Child. And <laughs> Honestly, I checked IMDb crazy. and he is not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd be super jealous of I'd be super jealous of my brother if he was the star of an Eddie Murphy film, too. <laughs> uh, apparently, they stopped talking to each other for a while. And then as an olive branch, she invites him to her engagement party. And Everything seems to go fine, and he ends up meeting her future husband's younger brother. And they hit it off, and they become friends. 
And then about a month before the wedding happens, he and the husband's younger brother come out as a couple. Like now they are dating. And when this future brother-in-law introduced him as a partner to the future in-laws, I I can see your eyeballs trying to keep track of this social map. I need a fucking flowchart. So we listen, we have (laughs) (laughs) so we have we have we have a sister and a younger brother. The younger brother is a question asker, then they're her future fiance, and then we have his younger brother, who is apparently porking with i say porking with because i'm not sure who is doing the porking and it's okay. not my business because i'm not in their relationship but one of these one of the, the 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 younger brothers in this case are now banging their brains out all right and loving it and not nice. only are they loving it so are the future in-laws they welcomed him in they were super generous and 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 accepting of him and fantastic they they come out with this relationship and he thinks it's going to be a point of bonding with his sister Apparently, she was a little slightly more coolly received, and she and her future husband sort of have the impression that their two golden children in the family have gotten together, and now she's mad that he has, quote, stolen her in-laws. Oh, and by the way, I, I want to preface this. Normally, we don't discuss Reddit's ruling, but Reddit has determined that this person is an asshole. Yeah, I think so, too. I agree with Reddit on this one. Really? Go ahead. Explain your thinking. You can't be mad because a couple are making friends with someone that you also happen to be close with. Like you just seem like, like what? Like are you, it just seems like kind of childish. Oh, no, no, no. Time out. Time out. The, the, the question asker is the, is the younger brother here. So do you think oh. the younger brother is the asshole for hooking up with the other younger brother? Absolutely. Okay, not. So the, the, it's Absolutely not the sister not. asking the question. I got you. Yeah, See, well, okay. The way you look, his future. I just like, I'm like, it's quantum fucking. No, I know. I understand. You know, it's like, yeah. it, it didn't help. I should have read, like, <laughs> read the question. I should have read the question. So it's my, this, is, this is my fault. That's my fault. It's not your fault. I slipped it in there at the last minute. Like he did that entire relationship. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the, the sister, <laughs> the sister's for, like, she also feels a little bit upstage because it's her wedding season, I guess. Oh, there's a month before the wedding. Oh, fuck her then. Yeah. And, and, and they came out with a relationship so that wouldn't there. So there wouldn't be drama at the wedding. Like, ooh, like stealing the spotlight. But Reddit has determined that this guy is an asshole. There's no way. I think Reddit got Reddit got it wrong. Reddit got it wrong. You heard it here first, folks. Reddit got it. somebody on Reddit did a wrong thing, and it wasn't this guy. It wasn't yeah. at eight oh seven. So Reddit is full of people who love to diagnose family dynamics. Like I, I can't tell you how many of these posts end with people like, "Just get a divorce from the father of your five children. He meant to leave the windows rolled down." He's gaslighting you. It's like easy there, Reddit. Slow down. And in this case, they said that basically they they bought into the sister's explanation that he is a golden child. And then the two golden children combine their forces to become super golden children, I guess. <laughs> platinum. Platinum children. They went platinum. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the, the notion of being mad at somebody for being a golden child is kind of fucked up. And maybe it's because I'm a golden child. I don't know. But... I don't know. I'm I'm pretty great. My parents, my my parents love me. Yeah, I was called a golden child in my in my platoon. Really? Yeah, hundred percent. So you I know was, what it feels like to be discriminated against for being amazing. I yeah, of course. Now I've never been discriminated against uh, in my day of my life. But um, 
No, yeah, I was I was very close with my squad leader, and like I would go over to his house and drink beer. We were on a first name basis. The other platoon didn't mates didn't know about this. We fucked every now and then. No, I'm kidding. That's, that's a joke. That's a joke. Um, he was he was. <laughs> I was his platoon sergeant. <laughs> he was married, and it was the early 2000s, so it was a woman. <laughs> I can't remember what exactly happened. I think I fell out of a ruck march, or I did something that was like substandard somewhere. Yeah. And but squad leader did the unprofessional thing, and essentially just said it was totally fine. Don't worry about it. And and like front of other people, so that just like made them resent me. And this one guy, I remember, I remember Chris Estes is this motherfucker's name. He was like, he's like, well, I'll, he was killed one yeah. time. I was like, oh, sorry, I'm not the golden child. And I was, as a, it's like the first time I ever heard that term outside of the Eddie Murphy. Uh, thing and I kind of took it to heart. Um, me and Chris don't talk, and neither do me and the squad leader. So I'm just you know reveling in my own molten goldenness here. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think you and I might be biased. If well, actually, they'd be admitting that I'm a golden child and I'm not. Well, a we're do- exceptional. But no, I, I, I really think it's unfair. Of like, so let's say let's say hypothetically speaking, if a child is unfairly favored by the parents. That's not the child's fault. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think Reddit calling this guy an asshole for being a golden child. It's just like, what was he supposed to do? Suck. They're just jealous is all it is. (laughs) (laughs) They're just jealous. (laughs) Maybe we need to bring a loser on this podcast to to really make the case, to really prosecute this case for us. Uh, But... So, yeah, like this person has found somebody that they're that they're sincerely interested in. That person happens to be the younger brother of his sister's fiance. And apparently both the sister and the fiance both present their younger. Presumably, and I, like I hate to like I hate to stereotype uh, gay men during pride. Oh, but generally speaking, you know. The, the gay community has been very charismatic advocates for themselves. Man, I'm not going to touch this one with your dick. Oh, my God. I am, I am digging a hole right now. <laughs> 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 All I'm saying is that these are probably two, two handsome, young, charismatic men who look like they belong on a water polo team. And everyone loves it, but they're jealous, ugly older siblings. Okay. And I don't know if they're ugly. I like, I don't know if their faces are ugly. I don't know if their bodies are ugly, but they're ugly on the inside. And that's where the ugly matters. <laughs> well, all bodies are beautiful. I don't know if you've seen the billboards, but yeah. Yeah, their bodies. Okay, fine. Their bodies are beautiful, but they're ugly on the inside. All right. These, older, these, these jealous older siblings. Yeah, they're just jealous. They're peanut butter and jealous. I have the approval. I have the, I have the approval of a certified golden child. <laughs> Government certified golden child. Wow. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. The gold standard. (laughs) But speaking of government certified golden children, I found this post, which was, I found it on r slash facepalm posted by user findto2391, who writes, my family member is adamant this is real. And it's a screenshot of a Facebook post. And the, the caption is more Trump heroism that is being willfully ignored by the mainstream media. And then it is a picture of Donald Trump carrying two cats through floodwaters while wearing a Make America Great Again hat. The cats are wearing the hat or Donald Trump is? Donald Trump is wearing the hat. All right. And he's wading through floodwaters carrying two cats out. Okay. So let's just break this down real quick (laughs) on how this is facially false. 
one, Donald Trump does not look that athletic. And I don't I don't think he could wade through almost waist deep water outside of a swimming pool. No, he's it's like. I mean, the only reason he would have an advantage here is if because it's buoyancy, like, you know, <laughs> also Donald Trump's not going to help anyone, no. <laughs> you know, no. And because he's wearing a Make America Great Again hat, that would place and the post was in 2017. So it would have okay. been after he had be, uh, September of 2017. So if the post is at the same time as what's being depicted, then he is already president at this point. Um, and the Make America Great Again hat is a part of his campaign, which means this would have had to have taken place at least after his campaign launch in 2016 or was it 2016 that he launched his campaign or 2015? 2015. Yeah. Yeah. So it would have, so it would have had to have been post 2015. And I think the joke here is he's rescuing two cats because he has quote unquote grabbed them by the pussy. Like that's the joke. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he he would have had secret security. Like Donald Trump is not going out there at disaster sites and doing anything more than standing behind a like a, a phalanx of secret service members and throwing paper towels to people. He like jump shot a bounty to like earthquake victims in Puerto Rico, man. It's like or or I guess there were flood victims. I don't there's no shortage of disasters hitting Puerto Rico and Hurricane Hurricanes, I think. Hurricane. This one was a hurricane. Okay. He he's certainly not wading in and, and doing hands-on activities. You know, cut all this, too, because we seem like really bad, bad Americans. <laughs> we don't even know what disaster Donald Trump sullied. Like, are we any better than him, Matt? Are we any better? Yeah, I don't have nuclear fucking secrets. in yes, the bathroom. We, yes, we are, because we because unlike him, we cared at the time. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. And I, also, I mean, we give a shit more about class <laughs> and we have handled classified material way Way better than Donald Trump. That doesn't that doesn't that doesn't absolve us of being shit. And I'll tell you this right now, and I'll admit this on a podcast. I I have mishandled classified information before, so and I'm still better at it than Donald Trump. Yes, he has mishandled classified before, and I have never. So hit me up if you have any sweet Raytheon jobs. <laughs> <laughs> so the if the family member is adamant that it's real, I'm not even sure that. Like I am, I am seriously skeptical that this was even posted seriously yeah yeah it's got to be a joke i i i'm pretty sure it was a joke from jump street but you know sometimes people on the internet don't always look past the headline or sometimes they accept misinformation or fake news because it reinforces their worldview yeah so is it believable that their family member is adamant that this is real yeah there are a lot of very I'm not going to say stupid, but I will say ill-informed people out there uh, who are willing to accept untruths without scrutinizing pro- appropriately. People who fail to check themselves before wrecking themselves. Ooh, I which like is that. why we're here. Yeah, there's there's like people who are like, oh, I'm just skeptical. Okay, oh, are you just skeptical? Then why are you believing everything Tim Pool says? Right, like like <laughs> like you're skeptical of like institutions and not just like a dude in a beanie. It's like you know. But sometimes there are like things on the internet, conspiracies even that when you dig into them, there's a nugget of truth. And as it turns out, the Coca-Cola company may have more secrets than it's simply its recipe. And I think you looked into that for our readers, right, Matt? This topic comes from Ryan, and I researched it. This topic comes from r slash gay bros. Look, I, I, have a, I have a steady and diverse diet of Reddit subreddits, and r slash gay bros is one of them. Happy User Ethereal Maiden, 
uh, says why we shouldn't fall for corporate pride. And it is a screenshot of a Twitter post by Parker Malloy that says, I think Coke casually dropped a singular they into that ad. You know, referring oh, yeah, to yeah. like maybe a, a character. And then a community note. Yeah. Then Coca-Cola responded, yes, glad you noticed, Parker. We value and celebrate diversity. And then underneath that is a headline that says Coca-Cola accused of funding Colombian death squad. Coca-Cola was accused of hiring hitmen from a prominent paramilitary group between 1990 and 2002 to kill at least 10 trade union leaders. Uh, Matt went ahead and looked into this claim for us. So uh, fired up. Well, first of all, you, you mentioned a little bit about corporate pride uh, and you and you mentioned uh, Raytheon earlier. Uh, Raytheon is actually the first major American company to have a corporate pride in 2005, by the way. So they like, yeah, isn't that surprising? Really? I, found this, I found this out from my gay guy, what, my gay guy, from my gay friend who works at Raytheon. So, Brad, if you're listening, you know, thank you for the uh, <laughs> for the content. That here. is a real feather in their corporate cap. I, I'm surprised they had it's time a side for pride while they or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll tell you what, you know, if you, if you are dying in a drone strike, just know that the, the corporation that pulled the trigger does support the LGBTQI. Community. It was a rainbow missile. It is totally fine. Totally fine. Yeah. So let's get. <laughs> l- l- all right. So let's finally get into Coke, just like I've been trying to do all day. All right. So. <laughs> I know yeah. you have. I can so, tell by the way you're dressed. I'm on Coke right now. Yeah, right. This is this is like my Coke, Coke dealer shirt. So uh, Matt um, and I are both wearing Hawaiian shirts. So, uh, but he's Coke. recording from his Coke dealer's couch. Okay, no, I, this is like the casting couch, dude. Are you kidding me? Look at this right now. This is like, you know. And by his Coke dealer's couch, I mean Matt's own couch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm my own plug. <laughs> Coca-Cola, the great American brand of <laughs> sugar water, was accused yeah. in, in Colombian courts. High fructose with, corn syrup water. Along with, not in Colombia, it's sugar. You know, not, um, 50 uh, other companies were accused by Colombian courts of financing terrorism uh, for their ties to the now disbanded paramilitary uh, organization, the United Self-Defense Forces. A fact union trade leaders have been denouncing for decades, by the way. So like, okay. not exactly, you know, so not exactly right. Um, BP was also taken to court for funding um, uh, terrorism, including kidnapping. So they're not, Coke is not the only company with a checkered past here. Yeah, but we expect this shit from the fucking oil companies. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So this is what happened. So, yeah, they were accused in the early 2000s. Um, as a matter of fact, they brought charges. And because there's this law, the Alien Tort Claims Act, it says that if you're an American based company that are accused of like horrible shit overseas, you have a right to have your case heard in the United States. Right. So in 2003, right. uh, the, the U.S. District Court dismissed charges against Coca-Cola Company because of the alleged wrongdoing. But the reason they did it is because Coca-Cola, the wrongdoing occurred too far away from the United States or, or, or the United States was too removed from the injury so, abroad and did not ha- or did not have a substantial origin within the United States has nothing to do with it. Did, with it didn't happen, whether whether it happened or not. It just means that the Coca-Cola HQ in beautiful, sunny Atlanta, Georgia, was too far removed from the decision making or the activity to be held legally liable, not to say that it did not happen. Correct. Um, and that, it, it, am I understanding that, that correctly? 
That is absolutely true. That was in 2003. Fast forward to 2009. It's the there's a court case called the Sinal Trinal versus Coca-Cola in which uh, the U.S. District Court of the 11th Circuit, which I think is in Miami, uh, upheld the dismissal. So it got dismissed in 2003. They tried again. And then the, the, the U.S. courts dismissed it again. The court case demanded monetary compensation of $500 million. U.S. court in the 11th Circuit threw it out. The lawsuit was brought by the Colombian Trade Union, right? And alleged that Canamco, okay. a Colombian Coca-Cola bottling company, assisted paramilitaries in murdering several union leaders. Even though the alleged human rights violation occurred in Colombia, the union attempted to use the Alien Tort yeah. Claims Act to bring the case into a U.S. district court. This can be read as, as trying to go for a money grab for $500 million against one of the most profitable American companies known to man. Which isn't to say that these horrible, horrible crimes did not happen and did not necessarily happen under Coca-Cola's name. It just didn't necessarily happen under the purview of the of the headquarters because Coca-Cola. Uh, so I. <clears throat> I, too, have been reading a lot about soft drink companies operating abroad, and they tend to work. And we, we've talked a little bit about this with uh, McDonald's also when we were talking about uh, stuff. Yeah, we were talking about some of the supply chain stuff and, and how different uh, corporate uh, different corporate entities are managed around the globe. Um, and soft drinks work kind of similarly in that a lot of times they are essentially contracting with a local organization or company to produce their product in country. So what you have with Coca-Cola or, you know, any of their rivals is you'll have a local bottling plant that is maybe receiving syrup from the headquarters, but they're producing the Coca-Cola on site, right? Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right. Because they can't give because they can't, they can't give away that secret ingredient. So they have to package up the syrup and send it to them. No, the secret ingredient is murder. <laughs> no, I mean, Coca-Cola is killing people slowly, but they shouldn't be killing people fastly is what, you know, fast is what the problem is here. But I will say the last thing I'll say about this is this is a, this is interesting. The U.S. Court of Appeals 11th Circuit, a few months after dismissing it, the court cited a lack of evidence to link the actions of the paramilitaries to the Colombian government and Coca-Cola. So they didn't throw it out on on grounds of it being, you know, bullshit on space. They, they, they threw it out on procedural grounds. But they also said there's just there's yeah. no evidence that Coca-Cola is linked to, you know, this paramilitary horrible, you know, killing, killing, killing a dozen people or so. Right. The fact that the best thing they could say is, oh, there's no direct evidence does not paint Coca-Cola in the best light. I have no <laughs> doubt that they are doing horrible shit to like, you know, people all around the world. Have you seen the Pepsi Where's My Jet uh, documentary on, on Netflix, by the way? I haven't seen the Pepsi Where's My Jet so documentary good. on Netflix yet. So good. Everyone should watch it. Um, it's a big plug. It's talk about Pepsi's actions in the Philippines. That's all I'm going to say. But it's really it's really interesting. <laughs> well, you know, uh, my understanding of that case is a guy had saved up uh, what Pepsi points or something like that and tried to redeem them for a Harrier. That, he actually did that smarter Pepsi than that. He had promised if you save up a certain. He actually, he didn't save them up. He oh, found even a, smarter. He, okay. He, he found a loophole where he was able to buy Pepsi points in a catalog and then try to turn them in for a Harrier jet. Oh, I see. Well, that's, that's hilarious. Uh, do you yeah. think they could have settled the case by giving him a Soviet submarine? That's as good as a Harrier. I don't want to. Oh, no, 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 no. No. A Harrier's jet's worth like 85, $185 million. I could get a Soviet uh, sub on Etsy for as much phone as a Garfield, for as much as a Garfield phone, probably. <laughs> All right. Well, how about 17 submarines, a cruiser, a frigate, and a destroyer? 
do they walk into a bar? No, no. I'm just saying, would that be good enough to ma- to make up for the Harrier? I mean, you, you'd have to ask the guy. But when you watch the documentary, you will see that he really wanted the jet. He turned down a large amount of money f- to settle. Really? He was that set on having the jet. He, he was wanted jet the jet. He was wanted. The, yeah, he wanted the jet. It was. It's interesting. I feel like I'm giving too much away, but <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm done talking about it now. The, the documentary, well, good, because I looked into the Coca-Cola stuff and I stumbled across the claim that at one point, Pepsi briefly became the sixth largest military in the world. Now, I dug in. They got to be so dehydrated. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I looked at it and it's not actually the largest military. The actual the actual claim should be the largest Navy in the world okay. or the most powerful Navy in the world. I, I saw it first as a business insider clickbait article, and then I found multiple sources corroborating it. So I, I wanted to put together some notes and just tell you about it. The story goes back to 1959. Eisenhower's president, Tricky Dick Dixon's the VP, and he is acting as the face of the American National Exposition in Moscow. And Nixon, uh, at the request of a guy named Don Kendall, leads Khrushchev over to the Pepsi booth where they are having a spirited debate about the merits of capitalism versus communism and the pepsi guy basically said you know he's like have the debate with a pepsi and they (laughs) both drink the pepsi all the all the clickbait articles describe him as being smitten by pepsi yeah but some of the other reporting cast him as a little bit more ambivalent which is i think is the proper reaction when somebody hands you a pepsi when all you want is a coke yeah 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 um but yeah the foreign policy uh actually quotes a contemporaneous times article that says that he was skeptical so i'd lean towards that uh immediately smitten is what happens when you tell your writers hey let's wrap this thing up in 500 words and make it interesting so it puts like a neat little bow on the story yeah 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 um and it can also be part of Pepsi's uh, corporate myth making. You know, as they tell the story, he's smitten with their product. At no point does Pepsi want to say he's ambivalent about the product. Yeah, yeah. Time moves forward a little bit. Uh, let's let's just tr- we'll trace this through the career trajectory of Richard Nixon, who ends up losing to JFK in the 1960 presidential election, and then he loses the race for governor of California in 1962, and he ends up on the on the hunt for a job. And who comes out of the woodworks to find him a job? One Donald Kendall. PepsiCo. From PepsiCo. At, uh, at the time of the expo, he was like the head of their international sales. By this point, he is the CEO. And basically what he says is whatever, whatever law firm hires Richard Nixon, they are also going to get the Pepsi account. Richard Nixon finds a job very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> These guys are kind of scratching each other's back from Moscow to DC and this assistance from, uh, from Pepsi actually starts to lay the groundwork for Nixon's political resurgence. He later spoiler alert, 1968 becomes president in 1972, Kendall and the Soviets announce a bartering deal. So, uh, from, from that point in 1959, all the way up through 1972, uh, Kendall's trying to get Pepsi into Russia. And, but because Soviet ruples are effectively useless on the international market, uh, they agreed to a bartering agreement. Pepsi would sell its cola in the Russian market and receive uh, Stolichnia and Sovetskaya, uh, Sovetskaya vodka in return to sell into the U.S. market. Stoli? So pe- Stol- Stolichnia. Stolichnia. Stol- that, that, yeah, that, that's Stoli. That's like a, it's a huge vodka yeah. brand that we all have gotten drunk to. 
Oh, have we? Have we now? I have. <laughs> Am I saying it wrong? How do you say so, it? Well, it, it, you know how you call Jack Daniels just Jack? We just say Stoli, but it's pronounced Stolichiana, I'm pretty sure. Okay, well, we'll have to ask fucking Tom. Fucking Tom's our friend who spent time in Russia and now hates them. He, he, he did he had jail time in Russia. This is why he, he, <laughs> he hates them. He, he now plays for the WNBA, so good for Tom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they get the... They get the sole rights to sell Pepsi in the in the Russian market, and they also have the sole import rights for uh, Russian vodka in the U.S. market. Pepsi has effectively completely boxed uh, Coca-Cola out of the Russian market by by virtue of this plan. Oh, they're going to be rich. (laughs) (laughs) So if there's any question as to whether or not Nixon had any influence on on the deal, uh, there were comments made to the Soviet foreign minister by Henry Kissinger in 1975. Uh, basically, the guy turned to Kissinger and says, why does why does Russia only have Pepsi? And his response was that Kendall was, quote, a friend, a friend of who? Friend, probably of Richard, probably oh. Richard, uh, probably Richard Nixon. Richard N- Ruski Nixon, Ruski Nixon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> This deal continues to go on, and by the 1980s, the ability to market the vodka as authentic Soviet swill was kind of a double-edged sword. Mm. Uh, They got points for authenticity, but in Reagan's America, Soviet stuff was losing cachet very quickly. The Cold War was kind of... The Cold War was at its height. Yeah. Period. Uh, By 1985, Pepsi has 15 bottling plants in Russia. Like, this is... Wow. This is a serious volume a product that is moving into the the Soviet states. 1989, the Berlin Wall falls and the Soviet Union holds democratic elections. Pepsi's banking on a first mover advantage in the market uh, that's blown open. Uh, at this point, their exclusivity agreement has expired. And there's there's a lot of uncertainty, but there's also a lot of optimism. Like people, like we're, we're 30 something years away from the collapse of uh, the Soviet Union at this point. So it's easy for us to kind of pancake 1989 to 1991 into like an almost instantaneous thing. We think, oh, the Berlin Wall fell. That was the end of the Soviet Union. It wasn't. The Soviet Union chugged along for another two years. Yeah. Uh, and then there, there were real democratic reforms taking place. So a lot of American companies were, were investing in the Soviet, were trying to invest in the Soviet Union or figuring out how to capitalize on the, that now newly opened market. An emerging market. By the way, yeah. I just I love the fact that Pepsi, you know, the, the an evil empire. When the Soviet Union was an evil empire, right? Yeah. It, it it collapsed. Democracy wins, baby. The West and Pepsi's like we're gonna get fucking rich. Yeah, capitalism, baby. You well, know? that's just it. Like, arguably, they'd been getting fucking rich off of the Soviet Union, and now they're thinking we're going to get richer. Uh, so the relative opportunity there for American Pepsi and Russia was actually outpacing the value of Russian vodka in the U.S. market. So they wow. needed to structure a new agreement to cover the gap. Soviet officials agreed to sell naval vessels to Pepsi in exchange for product. Pepsi, uh, Pepsi gets sold in Russia for old vessels, then Pepsi scraps the ships for cash. Russians also agreed in the first phase of the deal to provide two Soviet oil tankers. The value of the scrap was actually negligible due to a glut of scrap coming out of the newly democratized Soviet states, but the larger deal was actually worth about $2.6 billion and was slated to deliver to Pepsi and its partners 85 Soviet-built ships over a decade. 85? So the so this was kind of like a down payment on the deal. Basically, Pepsi agreed to essentially serve as a middleman 
to scrap all of these naval vessels. So, yes, uh, they, they did, in fact, have in their possession 17 submarines which are estimated to have been worth about $150,000 each, uh, a cruiser, a frigate, and a destroyer. You know what they should have done with those, with those, with those ships? Should have leased them to Coke uh. so they could kill all those union leaders in Bogota. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Pepsi would have used them to kill the union leaders too. Make no yeah. mistake. Especially, yeah. especially as the Soviet Union is starting to democratize, there are some things you just don't want democratized. You know, like your bottling plants. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, manufacturing, hard labor work, you don't want that democratized. Yeah, That's just it. Like, Pepsi didn't have to hire a paramilitary force to assassinate union leaders. The government was doing it for them. Yeah, yeah. And now they're doing it again. Sure. I'm sure they are, you know, while arguing, in fact, that they were the advocates for the workers. <laughs> are there major American companies operating in Russia right now? Because they should fucking not do that. Uh, most are Mc- not. McDonald's pulled out. I know McDonald's pulled out. I, I, I was reading about there are some companies that are still operating in Russia. I should boycott those. It's it's negligible. A lot, uh, most yeah. of them are there because they can't afford to leave. It's 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 kind of a tough case. Yeah. The the Russian government is going to get rid of all of these old like only one of the submarines could function. And I think maybe one of the ships could like move under its own power. Everything else was just rusted crap. Like these were <laughs> this. This was trash. Like Pepsi said, we'll take the trash. We'll scrap it. We'll make we'll, we'll make a little we'll make a little cash. But what re- what they're really banking on was the explosion of the Russian shipbuilding market. And that never did take off. Oh, yeah. Um, I can't, can't imagine it would. It did. Wow. This is fascinating. I think what's really interesting here is and it, the, the tone of the articles that I look at kind of matter. So the clickbait pieces treat the deal in which the naval vessels were exchanged as a strange sort of capitalist victory over communism. Um, one of the one of the sites, the Sandbox uh, article was titled The Last Time Russia's Economy Tanked, They Traded Pepsi a Whole Navy for Soda, implying that they were so hard up that they had to trade a whole navy just for sugary beverages like this. Yeah. Is a, this is like sucking dick for candy bars behind the uh, behind the well, I was going to say the Wawa like that, like that brand matters outside of where I live. The TGI <laughs> Fridays behind the TGI well, Fridays. I tell you what. what yeah, behind the TGI Fridays. When I suck dick, I, I suck dick behind Wawa, but anybody can suck dick behind the TGI Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Pride, everybody. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. This has nothing to do with Pride and has everything to do with eating sandwiches. Oh, and yeah. Them, and Is that what they're calling apps. it nowadays? Is that what they're calling it nowadays? <laughs> yeah. Just getting a sandwich. I'm heading over to TGI Fridays and I'm getting a sandwich. I'm going to have to edit this one podcast. one today. <laughs> <laughs> I just really love sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, the, the idea that Russia was too hard up for Pepsi is hilarious. Who the fuck needs Pepsi that much? Or, yeah, you know? nobody. <laughs> so, yeah, this, this article was actually published in March of 22 as Western sanctions were smashing Russia's economy in reprisal for the invasion of Ukraine. Yep. So the, it turns into this kind of Western morality tale like this ain't the first time we whipped your ass, economically speaking. <laughs> but the reality is that this wasn't a liquidation of Soviet hardware. It was seed, it was a seed investment in economic development of an open Soviet economy, one that turned out to be a gross miscalculation when the Soviet Union collapsed in 1991. And it, it's worth noting that as recently as 2020, Coca-Cola was number one in Russia and Pepsi was number two, as it should be. Wow. Yeah. Just like everywhere else. Although I'm sure given their their histories, I'm sure they're both heavily invested in this emerging fascist state. <laughs> who's got the, who's got the contract in Ukraine? We need to be giving them. Uh... Actually, they're fighting oh, a they, war. They, we don't they, need to they... be giving them sugar water. They're fighting a war right now. <laughs> we'll give them RC Cola. 
<laughs> tab is tab one. Yeah. Uh, no, what, Hey, what's your favorite independent? Uh, what, what's, what's your favorite non Coca-Cola, non Pepsi soda brand? If you can even think of one. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's very accusatory. Um, is big red. If you can even think of one big red is he's found in the South. It's like a red cream soda. I think that's really good. Honestly, what about the uh, bowlin, right? The the ginger ale and cola and stuff like that. Those, those are fantastic. It's got real cane sugar. All right, I'll, I'll buy that. I'll buy that. You could always like if you if you put on your grease paint, you can drink Fago. Oh, Fago! Yeah, 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 yeah. The old hatchet Whoa. man. There, uh, I would have to go with Moxie, the the flavor of my home state of Maine. I have never had Moxie. Actually, you can order it on Amazon. Uh, well, uh, all right, I'll, I'm definitely going to do that as soon as this is over. It's it, it's kind of a uh, it's it, it's kind of in like that medicinal root beer range. I say medicinal because it's just fun I, to say medicinal oh, okay. that way. I thought, but I, you know, you couldn't pronounce Stoli either, and so I was gonna let it go. Maybe it's <laughs> a, I don't know what's going on, but yeah, but uh, medicinal. <laughs> it's medicinal. Well, um, is A and W root beer? Is that independent? I feel like it is. I feel like it. Then that's then that is, is the A one that I choose. Then. And W independently owned. Oh. Uh, the rights to A&W brand, except in Canada, are owned by Keurig Dr. Pepper, which in turn licenses the brand to Pepsi. U.S. based A&W restaurant change. But Dr. But Pepsi bottles Dr. Pepper. Well, Keurig Dr. Pepper is uh, like I, there's a Keurig Dr. Pepper facility in. Uh, oh, in uh, in Harrisburg that I drive by on the way to one of my customers. It's all uh, owned by BlackRock and Vanguard is what this is like an investment company's own. <laughs> uh, but no, A&W Root Beer is owned by the Great American Brand LLC, which also owns the A&W restaurant franchise. OK, Pepsi and Coca-Cola are both partners in the beverage industry with A&W Root Beer and Belfast Root Beer, which means that they are probably partners in the sense that they are bottling it at their plants. Yeah. A&W, your hands are not clean. Dr. Pepper, your hands are not clean. Keurig, your hands are definitely not clean. You are creating so much single-use plastic waste, it's embarrassing. For a shittier For cup of coffee. For fucking shame. For a shittier cup of coffee. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I do a pour-over drip, and I have no shame in that. And I don't have to drink the mold on the inside of your stupid machine. Oh, no, that's like penicillin. It's natural immunity, my buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you just put some Pepsi in there and clean it right out. Yep. Sure enough. But if you are an independent soft drink company looking to hire a brand ambassador with no history of assassinating union leaders that we know of, we encourage you to hire Rick Reynolds, who has been kind enough to allow us the use of his song United from the album Portals in Progress. Uh, fun fact, United, great song for your union rallies. Just Ooh. saying. Yeah, yeah and, right. And and um, Rick, you know, he is a hard rock guy, but he will definitely uh, serve up for your soft drinks. Drinks. Sorry, I had a fucking yeah, brain. Yeah, we're there. We got yeah. there. Yeah. No, no, we got there. That's ultimately. why it takes two. That's why it takes two. Yep. Right there. <laughs> if there's a Pepsi, there has to be a Coke. That's just which the way one's it is. which. Which one are you, and which one am I? Oh, gosh, I think I'm not giving you a jet. So I'm Pepsi. (laughs) (laughs) I have killed people in Columbia. I I am more of a Coke guy, but I think you're more of a Pepsi guy because you're sweeter than me. Oh, and people people like you better. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. This would be another great transition. If you're looking for somebody sweet, (laughs) we encourage you to listen to we encourage you to listen to the music of Rick Reynolds, who has been kind enough to allow us the use of his song United from the album Portals in Progress. 
which is, I'm told, the taste of a new generation. You can find it on Amazon, <laughs> iTunes, and Spotify. Uh, he will give you a Coke and a smile. <laughs> well, he's also a rock star. Uh, if you need some Coke, he knows a guy too, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he knows a guy. Rick's not a Coke guy. He's not a no. Coke guy. Like, he'll, he he'll throw back people. a beer with you. Yeah. He definitely knows some people. <laughs> he knows oh, us. Nose, nose. <laughs> the nose goes. No. Anyway, slamming some just, nose beers. I just imagine, like, if, if, if Rick could just sit down next to you on your couch, I would know there was a Coke deal happening. Oh, man. <laughs> I have my suspicions about you, yeah. Matt, is all I'm saying. Oh. <laughs> you are... You, you you are a couple novelty hippos on your private estate away from being Pablo Escobar. Um, Honestly, I'll, goals, goals, buddy. Yeah, fucking squad goals. Um, <laughs> any social media you want to share, Matt? I'll share yours. I mean, like, you know, like D. Uh, Go for it. Do uh, it. Do it. Do it. Don't wreck yourself. You're at uh, at don't wreck yourself at. You know, yeah, wreck no, your I'm pod. Not. I am so out of fucking pr- prog- uh, uh, practice, dude. Jesus Christ. I work, <laughs> you can tell I worked hard today. You can tell I worked hard today. At wreck your pod on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. And there's also, you hang out on the Cast Junkie. No, nope, they changed junkie. the name. We rebranded. We re- you're on Discord. Podcast Fuck, Nexus. Good luck finding us. Good luck finding us. <laughs> you know, just we're on the good- Podcast Nexus <laughs> Discord server. It's not going to take any luck. You don't have to Google anything. You just go into our show notes. There's going to be a link right there. All right. Thank God. Thank God. The page. We've got a mega thread there where you can discuss all of our episodes. Or if you choose, you can go to www.fondlemelobster.com. That is F-O-N-D-L-E-M-E-L-O-B-S-T-E-R.com to donate to our Patreon. And if you start donating, I will put content there. Fondle me lobster. Fondle me lobster. Yeah. Fondle me lobster. <laughs> um, thank you. <laughs> that was an incredible lobster impersonation for those of you who weren't able to see what I was seeing. Um, but if between now and next week, you're wondering whether it's worth risking your life taking the Pepsi challenge, <laughs> we encourage you to check yourself. Don't wreck yourself. We are united, but we're so far apart, and it won't change.